Hello and welcome to Always in Escrow with Serena Appel and Colby Birchin. Hello, Colby. Hello, Serena. I am thrilled to introduce our guest, Tim Beasley, the founder of Gent Row, who has over 13 years of experience in fine men's style and tailoring while providing bespoke services and luxury goods. Those traits run deep in the family, and we are going to discuss all about it on this episode. Today, Gent Row serves discerning men throughout the world with both in-person and virtual concierge tailored clothing, as well as one-of-a-kind uniforms for luxury resorts and hospitality brands. Tim, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. So, Serena, if you're anyone who's anyone in Palm Beach County, South Florida, really, uh, you know Tim because he gets around. His tailored suits are everything, a must-have. So, Tim, so glad you finally came on the show. Yes, me too. Thank you. I'm going to jump right into the questions. Share the story behind founding Genro. I first started with representing other Italian designers out of Italy, you know, major uh, Italian designers like um, Brioni and Canali and uh, Keaton was one, Pauzilieri, Revasolo, and, and all these other brands. And so I worked in, in retail and retailed these designers. And then, uh, and, to, and I did that for about eight years. And then in 2016, I decided to create my own label, offering the same piece goods as, as the top designers in the world, uh, the, the best tailoring houses, use the same tailoring houses. I really learned the in and outs of the of everything that you really needed to know as far as uh, putting everything together, you know, the, and, and the, paper, uh, the pattern making and, and all that to create a product that was more sensible in price point. So um, I offer that same uh, level, if not even better, actually today, since things have really changed with a lot of buyouts with the top in my world, the, the sartorial designers, you know, for men. Um, so I offer a lot of that old school, hundred percent hand tailoring, uh, you know, piece goods to, to every, you know, the public, I knew how I was going to put it together, but I needed to come up with a name. So I basically, uh, just did a, uh, a Google search to see, you know, uh, what were some of the, the top terms that came up for, um, you know, luxury menswear and gentlemen, was one of the top and the other one was Seville Row. And so my initial service is a concierge service where we go directly to the client in uh, different cities around the country right now in a virtual service today, actually, that serves around the world. And uh, so Gent and Row sounded perfect. And so then I created Gent Row at that time. So can you take us back? Because we know there's a bit of a story. You're, this fashion for men and high design is in your roots. Can you tell us a little bit about that background? R.L. Thornton, who was my great-grandfather, and he, uh, he was the mayor of Dallas. So um, it's pretty funny how this, how this happens, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he he owned uh, the Mercantile Bank, and uh, the Mercantile Bank was responsible for, you know, originally Neiman's back in the early 1900s. Neiman's was just a menswear store; it didn't it didn't sell women's store uh, women's clothing at all. 
actually. So he was responsible. The Mercantile Bank was responsible for giving the first loan to Neiman's to become Neiman Marcus so they can start offering women's. It's pretty interesting because uh, right now we have a buy in place with Neiman Marcus for our first retail initiative. And uh, that story was brought up. And it so happens that the the person that is the uh, director of luxury goods for uh, for menswear and men's accessories and stuff like that, his father was uh, actually worked in the mercantile bank and was part of the same deal that my grandfather had put together. So it's pretty interesting that we had that in common. Wow. That is fascinating. Look at that. So, Tim, elaborate on the creative process behind developing a new menswear collection from concept to final products. Yeah, it starts with the fabric. You know, it really just starts with the fabric. Um, so you really have to keep your eye out on the mills, the eclectic mills that have very small production. And and you need to have an eye for, you know, how someone would wear that or what's going on today, realistically, what's going on today. Not what's on the runway, but like realistically how real people wear clothing, how real men wear clothing. And um, <clears throat> at least in my category, everything else is like putting together like a, like a car or whatever it may be. So the canvassing on the inside or the lining you're going to use for the trousers or the lining inside the garments of, of the, of the jackets, you know, the canvassing inside the collars and cuffs of your shirts and the buttons used and all this. This is all known, you know, you know, their accessories you're going to put together after the fact. But it all starts with the fabric. Well, today, there's different territories. You know, there's northeast, southeast, you know, Midwest and out west. And these people wear clothes different, differently, you know. So the silhouettes of the garments, uh, like, for instance, the jackets, you know, they here in the Northeast, there might be a little more structure here. So there's roping around the shoulder for someone else out West. They're very casual you know, leisure wear is very popular. So if you're going to put these guys into more of a sartorial look, then they're going to have less structure, you know, very, very like a, sh you know, no canvassing, like a shirt jacket rolls right off the shoulder. You know, it's very easy to put on, put off. They can wear it with jeans or dress it up, that kind of thing. So you know, when I see fabric and I, that's what I do. I search earth for fabric. So, you know, and I put these things together that way. That is fantastic. I actually have deep roots in textiles. My great grandparents um, were in textiles back in Europe, came to America, continued with, and then continued to kind of their textile businesses and my grandmother ended up designing fabrics and wallpaper and all this stuff. So, I mean, the foundation is truly, it starts with the fabric. Fan fantastic. Yes. And so uh, as far as the collection, putting that together, you know, then you start with the samples, you, you make the samples and put the models in it and uh, create a vision for that, you know, to offer it and show it to the public of what, what your expression of what, how that particular fabric should be worn. Well, certainly your experience with many luxury brands and fabrics um, has led to, you know, your differentiation in men's wear. 
So are there, what, do you, what would you say are your unique innovative approaches to uh, taking designing menswear and setting it apart from others in the industry? One thing that I never get away from is the quality of how it's made. So today, if you were to put like something that we've made against like another name that you've known for years, you know, decades, like um, not calling out any brands, but just, you know, they, they go through changes. They go through changes because they have, they're a different interest today. Maybe they've been bought out by a luxury group and they're still riding that wave of the brand. They're, they're, the brand, you know, is used as a tool to build up stock price and this and that, whatever it may be. And uh, so we are not that way, obviously. And so uh, just, we never, we never get away from how everything is made. You know, everything is a hundred percent handmade with people and how it's made can change, you know, as far as the certain looks and styles. But I would say that's, that's the main thing is, is the quality of our, of our clothing just never changes. You know, it's always at the top, whatever the hardest picture, whatever the hardest way to do it. That's, that's how we do it. We just, we try to do a lot of it. So I'm, I'm so curious, could you share a memorable moment or achievement in your career that has had significant impacts on you and the brand? The most significant uh, thing that has ever happened was probably within that first week when I started and it was just me by myself and I'm just a, you know, I'm on the ground, you know, like a ground troop looking for clients and uh, just learning uh, how to how to have courage to approach anyone about what you're doing. So, you know, and I think you can only do that if you have the commitment level and you can only have that commitment level if you've if you're already sold yourself. So you have to be sold. You have to know you have to have truth in like what you're doing is exactly what you say. It is the best. I know what's in it. You know, I know what, what it takes to get here to create what I've created and I know it's going to be successful. So you have to ride that wave in the very beginning. And ever since then, you know, the, 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 it's just truth, you know, at, especially now it's just truth at this point. So every time we hit a new tier, you know, of, of success, it's, I would say, you know, that the beginning few weeks of me going out there and trying to uh, acquire clients with this brand new label, no one's ever heard of. Some people knew of me, but it's not, you know, to go and create a business out of virtually nothing. Um, I would say that that moment there in the very beginning uh, of learning how to sell yourself, to give yourself the commitment level, to go out and, and have the courage to continue climbing is, I think every entrepreneur needs needs to have that, you know, just to, to, to not only be successful, but to survive everything. We've, and I've gone through a lot of stuff actually, you know, and also all of us with COVID, you know, you have to have a commitment level to get through all that and to never get off path, you know, and, and, and stay the path. Absolutely, Tim. Like you're, this is your entrepreneurial manifesto. That's incredible. <laughs> so how do you connect with your audience and what role does customer feedback play in shaping your designs and the direction of the brand? The customer feedback, you know, is in the numbers. If numbers are steadily climbing and, and growing and, you know, it's, it's obvious you have some type of place here in the, in the marketplace. 
and you take that and, and you figure out how are you going to reach, you know, 10 times the amount of people to show your product and uh, cause it's already proven. So uh, like I'm doing here today with you guys on the podcast, you know, I just, I wake up in the morning and say, how am I going to market Gent Row today? You know, so that's, that's basically uh, one of the things I say every morning. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean the clientele, they don't really influence the styling of anything, you know, the, the, the clients, but I, but I, I've dealt with so many and our reps have dealt with so many and, and, and the feedback from, you know, just doing this for years, you have an idea, you have to have a pulse on what the, what, what the customers want and like, even if they don't know, because the reality is they don't know. They just never, they don't know. You have to show them, you have to show them what they want. And so that's what I continue and hope to continue doing is showing the clients what they want. Definitely that education is there. I mean, it's your your expertise and knowledge, right? And and I agree with you. Consumers really don't know until they're shown. And so you're guiding that that experience, that whole journey. I mean, it's definitely changing the way men look. You're changing people's style. We're not a global institution yet, but you know, our piece of the pie, we're we are showing and doing things, you know, bolder patterns too that um, I had someone tell me the other day that, you know, she thought she saw a jacket of mine because she saw this jacket, you know, that I had and it was a different area. And it's possible because that particular fabric, I know we only uh, there was like maybe 70 some jackets that you can make out of that. It's very eclectic and small production. But yes. So looking ahead, what's your vision? Um, are there any exciting projects or collaborations in the works? Yeah, there are, uh, you know, I told you about the Neiman, Neiman's buy. So we have that, uh, the retail newly developed retail division. Um, I've could have always gone into independence, you know, independent retailers. Um, and that is still an option and a play. Uh, I just want to really be successful in a major, you know, so being a Neiman Marcus and, uh, hanging with, you know, the other top, brands, you know, for Satorio menswear in the world, it's pretty significant in the 36 stores, you know, so that's, that's one thing that's very big right now for the Gent Row brand. Yeah, we're still, you know, we're, we're still picking up on the bespoke service. So still growing that. And uh, we have a, a, a play here with a, a, a resort that's local, actually, to me in Palm Beach, the, the Breakers and their eight restaurants. So I think we're going to start making their uniforms um, also which is great. You know, we make uniforms for luxury resorts and condominiums. I mean, it's significant to me because I, I love the breakers and HMF yeah. and all that stuff. It sounds fantastic. Everybody, we need to follow along on this journey and what's happening with Gent Row. And we know you are so inspired to give back to the community and have developed the Gent Row Foundation to honor that vision. Can you tell us more? Yeah. So uh, the Gent Row Foundation, we collaborate with other organizations, um, and it's been very successful very quickly. It's only about a year and change now that this thing has started. Um, and it really started because, uh, you know, all the local charities in the other territories here in the U.S., you know, there's there's a lot of people. I've donated so many suits to help raise money, basically. I realized that maybe we could do a little more. We could continue doing that. But it doesn't we don't always have to like 
take it out of our pockets maybe, you know what I mean? So I remember one year we donated like 192 suits or something like that in total for the charity season. Wow. So it was at that moment I said, you know, let's, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start the foundation, uh, the Gent Row Foundation. And uh, one of the things that I'm passionate about is, um, you know, I, I went to a military boarding school and I think without that kind of discipline, I, I, you know, who knows where, I would have been, you know, cause I really needed it when I was younger and I didn't really, uh, you know, my situation wasn't where like I had the guidance, you know, like to, to, to stay directed, you know, and, and, or, or stay focused on, you know, being good at school and stuff like this. I was always an athlete. So, uh, with the general foundation, that's what we focus on. We focus on helping young uh, teenage boys really from middle school to high school. And, uh, we give them a, uh, we, we do the program where we give them a, a custom suit. So they go through the experience and most of these boys are, you know, they don't have a father figure. They learn what they learn off the street. Uh, and you know, it, it doesn't make for a good crime rate, you know, in that area when they, when they grow up. So, uh, what we're trying to do is rewire that and collaborate with other successful uh, organizations. Um, and we give the kids like a checklist every day for their, uh, it's called Taylor Core. And they basically, they have their goals that they set, their short-term, long-term, and every day what they're going to do to get there, you know, to, in that vision. And it keeps them focused, you know, so, and they have a suit hanging, you know, in their closet to help remind them of what success might look like for them as they continue. And uh, I think it's great because it helps them remember the brand, you know, so hopefully they were very young with this right now, but maybe, you know, 20 years down the road and they're, they've finished college and they, uh, they remember that Gent Row brand, you know, back when they were, you know, in a spot that wasn't so nice and uh, they'll remember us. And uh, hopefully we help, generations of, uh, young men, uh, actually be young men. And so, um, that's, that's the goal there with that. And we've worked actually with some pretty high level, uh, organizations. Uh, I was actually invited to the, uh, state of the union union address to meet, uh, with, uh, president Joe Biden and, uh, which was pretty, pretty cool. And, uh, we've worked with a, a congresswoman who has a, a foundation since, uh, 1993, this is our second year now working with her kids, actually. She's uh, based in Miami. Um, and other localized stuff in, in some of the other territories also that we work with around the country. Just incredible. So inspiring. Uh, exactly. You took my words right out of my mouth, Serena. Tim, that's a, that's really just such a nice, nice thing. Thanks for all of the work that you're doing to for this next generation of youth. It, it really is it's really incredible. I'm speechless. How um, how can people find you, um, follow you, and hopefully purchase from you? Well, they can find us on gentrow.com. So gentrow.com. All of our social media social mediums are just gentrow. Um, and um, you know, if they wanted to schedule an appointment with us, uh, whether virtual or in person, they can just go to schedule appointment on gentrow.com, and and that's it. Very, very easy. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for all that you're doing for 
future generations and for this current style moment for men everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys.